Are you guys ready to record this whole thing all over again? <laughs> I didn't care for it. I didn't buy it. That, that seems pretty ridiculous. I don't even want to think about the possibility of you having your dick out. Yikes. This is the most important thing in the universe. What happened to it? I, I, I don't know. I needed to suck in absolutely every moment of awesomeness. Yeah. Welcome back to another fun and festive episode of the Geek Legacy Podcast, where we talk about everything in the realm of entertainment news, so long as it falls under the geeky umbrella. This, my goodness, is episode 354. I am Justin Kavanagh. With me, as always, is Mr. Randy Van Dyke. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm fantastic. Uh, You guys are the cold shower that I need on a hot summer day like today. And how I took a cold shower prior to this podcast. I cranked it I, as a habit. I cranked it all the way to the left for a hot one. I'm like, what am I doing? It's like a thousand degrees. And then I just kept <laughs> inching it over. And before I knew it, I like literally had it on cold and I was enjoying every second of it. Crazy how that funny. works. Yeah, it is funny how that works. You, you can uh, freeze yourself no matter how, as long as you start it warm, you can bring it all the way down and your body will, will take it. Yeah. So to do the gradual, none of that, uh, Whatever it's called, the polar bear express freeze jump thing that you do—the <laughs> polar bear plunge. <laughs> yeah, I don't be doing that stuff. The polar I, express. <laughs> I jumped into a lake once that we used to be a glacier. It's uh, Lake Crescent, I think it's called, and it's in Washington. And I, uh, my friend Kelsey, has this beautiful like sort of cabin and house on the lake, and they got this awesome dock. And their tradition when they wake up in the morning is to run off the dock and jump in the water. And so I went with them and did it. And when I when I hit the water and, and sank for a spell, I just remember screaming underwater, just bloody murder. All these bubbles are coming out of my mouth. I crawl out onto the dock and I'm just speaking gibberish. And it was amazing. I've never felt such a shock to my system. David, but once, how are you? But once you got out, did you, had you ever felt so alive? Like I remember I did something similar. I fell in the water while we were doing whitewater rafting. And I remember getting out and I felt like my body was like charged with electricity. Like I'd never been so alive. Yeah, I think that's a pretty accurate description. Like when, when once I... Once I came to, <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is amazing. Uh, I never want to do that again, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's people do this called cryotherapy to where they put their body in these little, like, think like saunas, like single person saunas, but they're like freezing instead of, uh, you know, hot. Um, and it's supposed to be just like, just to just wake you up and energize you and get you ready for the day. But I'm with you, man. I don't, I, I don't want that. I don't want that nonsense. We did it one time on uh, like a like a new year's day like kind of like a polar plunge in our pool and uh it was like the water temp was like you know 49 or 50 degrees something like that and yeah never again yeah pass but i do take cold showers or no they're not cold but they're colder showers i don't, I don't like hot water i don't like how it like makes like the whole room all like foggy and like steamy and stuff like that like i like mine to where it's it's got like a just a, just a, just a like a tinge of heat, but it's mostly cold. So if, if six is cold, if it's nine o'clock on the dial, it's cold and three o'clock is hot. I'm at like a, like a 10, 30, 11. Yeah, that's fair. How are you, Justin? I'm good. No complaints. I'd say it's been long. I got up really early this morning. I uh, set my alarm for six, but I woke up at five and I was an eager little beaver to pre-order this. Not really pre-order, but to order a Baroness figure on target.com and I got one, but it was supposed to go live at six and it, of course it didn't go live till six twenty-five. but I got one problem solved. It's it's I'm, 
I am complete. I have a Baroness. <laughs> she is the best. She is. Uh, love the Baroness and Destro and Dr. Mindbender. Those those three are my trifecta of kickassery. So, um, in the event okay. they make a Dr. Mindbender, I'll score one. What was that, Randy? Are these the six inch ones? Yeah. Yeah. Those are they. The, the Zartan look cool, though. looks pretty cool, too. Yeah, Zartan's cool. I, I So, um, gosh, when they came out, I had the opportunity to buy them all. I saw them all at a Target. They were, they were getting put on a shelf. And I was like, man, and I had them in my hand. But I was like, I can't do no six-inch figures. But all the Cobra figures just look so badass. Like, they got it. They figured it out. I think it's just the colored palettes, and it's a lot less skin that's showing. It's more uniform. Um, something about just human skin just never really looks good <laughs> on toys it's really strange it's it's hard to it's hard to do i think i don't know it's weird but like uh like major blood looks like incredible like I, yeah uh, i got pretty, him yeah so i ended up i had so I, I told myself i wasn't gonna do it i put them all back and then like two weeks ago i saw cobra commander at target and i was like fine fuck it i'll buy it and then like big bad toy store had them like all in stock so i just i just fucking bought them all i was like whatever i don't care i'm just gonna get them all and then uh, only the cobra guys but then I was like, well, if I have all these Cobra guys, I got to have Snake Eyes looking like a badass, you know? And then and I bought, like, four troopers, four infantry troopers. And I was like, well, let's have, like, a photo shoot of Snake Eyes sneaking up on him. And I was like, well, I don't know. This Lady J looks pretty good, and this Flint looks pretty good. So then I got a Flint and Lady J. And then I was just like, fuck. And then, so I just kept going down and getting them all. And then within, like, 72 hours, I had all of them minus Duke. Because I think he looks like a total just douchebag. Like something about his, the earthy tones on these six-inch GI Joe figures just doesn't doesn't work for me. Can't do it. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm all about the I'm all about the Cobras. Uh, I, I I would love to get some like bats or something like that. They would be yeah. So then they also had like the they the Target did like this exclusive um, uh, Cobra Island line, and the infantry troopers are a little bit different. Um, and they have like a sniper rifle and these different weapons, but they look really cool. And um, they just look unique because their weapons are, they have like red holsters, but then they got black guns. But then you have someone like Beachhead, who's like a really cool looking Joe, but all of his weapons have the Ninja Turtle treatment where they're all green. You know, so like the crossbow's green, the drawstring on the crossbow's green, <laughs> the handle's green, everything's fucking green on this guy. And it just totally cheapens it. And it's like, yep. This is a twenty dollar figure or whatever. It's all recycled materials. It really is. It just sucks. Like literally from the same line, but one of them just is is chintzy, and it kind of sucks that they went that route. That's all. It saves money. I can't, I'm sure it saved them millions of dollars doing that, but from a consumer standpoint, it looks a little chintzy. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah, and they probably realize, yeah, no one wants the Joes. Everyone wants the uh, Cobras. 100% man I had to talk myself into the Joes and I don't even know I think I just did it because I they were available it was almost like a like a FOMO and I had a chance to get it so Randy you're shaking your head I know you've experienced that before you're like I don't need it but it's fucking here so I'm a buy <laughs> I, I am the biggest fucking victim of FOMO because <laughs> I mean all, all we hear on social media is like how hard it is to get these fucking Joes they're impossible to get to where like I, I don't even I don't even try because I just assume they're so hard to get to where I'd probably be in the same boat as you if I saw them all available. I'd be like, well, if I don't get them now, I'm never going to get them. Yeah, 100%. And that's, that's what was going on with Target was 
yesterday they launched them again and it was like you know last chance to get them but then their website crashed when everyone was trying to buy baroness and uh this viper a cobra viper and uh i was able to get the other ones you know there's like a a different version of roadblock it looks pretty cool and um you know i got a trooper and i got the beachhead and uh, it wasn't like a total waste or anything. I was like, eh, what the hell is this guy? Because I like the way Beachhead looks. I just hate his weapon colors. I think those are stupid. So maybe I'll have him like tied up, maybe like uh, like Han Solo when the Ewoks capture him. Maybe I'll do something like that. <laughs> and I have the troopers walking around. He could be something. sneaking up on him, like army crawling. Yeah, I'll do something different with him because his weapons are terrible. Um, but then I did buy, like, I, I'll have like uh, four infantry troopers, uh, one. Or four infantry, then one trooper, and then one viper. Uh, they limited to where it was like one per order, and I didn't want to be that asshole that just kept making new orders and stuff. So I only got one of them, but uh, I'll have quite a little army. I'm excited for it. Come in next to your transformers. You get Joe's versus transformers, dude. I, oh. I was that would be awesome. But here's the thing: so um, the transformers. I cleaned up my my upstairs room that has all my toys in it uh, to make room for our nursery and stuff. And I'm just fucking the Transformers look so badass. I got so excited just looking at all of them. I have like a hundred of them open up on a shelf over here, but then I still have so many that are in the boxes. And I, as I was putting each one away, I was just sort of admiring it like a crazy person, <laughs> like got like Smeagol. I'm just like staring at them and petting the boxes. I'm like, oh my god, this one's so badass. I love it. Did you guys ever see the comic series from the 80s, the G.I. Joe versus Transformers? Oh, yeah. I only had a couple issues, but the one that struck me the most, the cover art, was like a bunch of tanks just unloading on Bumblebee and just like annihilating him. <laughs> Kill just it. like he, he's standing there just kind of like, no, and like three tanks are just unloading on him. Oh, and I just, so I just, just have such a, I don't even remember what happened in the books. I just have such a stark memory of owning the one with that cover on it going, Oh, this is so fucking savage. I got to own it. You know? Yeah. What cool. I, what, what, what two fun like franchises to combine? I know. And I, when I was so, you know, I talked about this on the show. I didn't really have a whole lot of transformers when I was a kid. So it was really fun to, to get into them as an adult. Um, but GI Joe's, I had a billion of them, dude. Like, especially if it's summertime when it would rain, like desert rains in the summer, you know, and there's just flash floods. If there was a flood outside, I was putting on my rain boots and I was playing G.I. Joe out in the rain. I thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever. Got my hovercraft that doesn't exactly float, but it looks cool in the mud. So I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And I would have the time of my life just playing with my Joes out in the mud. So many great vehicles from that line. Dude, they're amazing. I had that hovercraft. I don't know what you're talking about. And then I had like the this uh, Cobra ship that was like red on top and gray on the bottom. I'd always have those two kind of fight each other because those are the only two water vehicles I had. That's cool. They also had like those those tanks. Uh, they kind of had like a. They were kind of like a. I don't even know, like a, a sort of a triangle shape, kind of cone shaped, and then they had treads underneath. I don't know if you the his tank. Yeah, yeah, his tank. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. For life, I me, mean, what it was called? I had like oh, two of those. those. I had the um, the plane with the, and the wings kind of popped up. Uh, yeah. That was pretty badass. The, the Cobra Rattler. Yeah, that's yeah. it. The, the blue one. Um, and then for a while, they were trying to like spice up the line, and they're like, let's paint tiger stripes on everything. Right. And uh, <laughs> they just re-released all the vehicles and all the original figures with tiger stripe paint on them. I think yeah. uh, Vietnam movies were pretty big in the 80s. <laughs> 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 the tiger stripe shit. So that's pretty funny. 
Yeah, oh. the, uh, Cobra, Co- Dr. Mindbender, what was the name of his ship? There was like, where like the front like split off. It was, it was some other bird of prey. It wasn't a raptor. But... I don't know. <sighs> What's it called? It's going to bother me now. I always wanted one, but I never got one. I had a bunch of the tanks and stuff like that. But um, it's really going to bother me. Yeah, I have to Google it. I don't see yeah. it. Do- Dr. Mindbender was another one of my favorite figures. For some reason, I just loved that character. And I remember he came out around the same time as the Dreadnoughts did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, maybe because he wasn't wearing a shirt and a lot of the Dreadnoughts weren't wearing a shirt, <laughs> that I always had... I, I always had them kind of hanging out together. Yeah. It's just uh, shirts versus skins, right? <laughs> like Sartan and all the dreadnoughts over here and, and Dr. Mindbender and then everybody else. Yeah. And you got your yeah. gung ho. You just had all the shirtless Joes. Yeah. <laughs> the um the dreadnoughts had those little like um those water like, it's like a snowmobile, but for the swamp. I don't know what it was yeah. what called, but they basically had those <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, Swamp Mobile. We'll call it. <laughs> Didn't Zartan come with one of those? Like, wasn't he packed yeah. with a little vehicle? Yeah, yeah. He was, and eh, so badass. He had the removable chest plate and the yeah, for his disguise. Yeah, yeah. No, the fucking Doctor Mindbender is just the tits, dude. I love yeah. that guy. Zartan's pretty badass. Um, they're just so sneaky, sneak. I love it. The Raven, the Night Raven, the Night Raven. Yeah, I don't know if that's right, but that's what this person's calling it. Alright. I'll take it. We'll go with it. Yeah. Uh, and he's got a monocle. You always gotta take a guy with a monocle seriously. And if you look at his his um his card back, it's um he's got like a dentist tool. <laughs> it's kinda of, kinda of creepy. Open up and say ah. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, pretty awesome. It is pretty intimidating. <laughs> I'll give it that. Yeah. That's funny shit, dude. Not a house of the dentist. Nope. Not me. Anyway. Uh, so thank you for letting me stroll down memory lane. That was awesome. Very excited about my, my Joes, not gonna lie. Um, but it is the summertime, and this is the best time to go to the motion picture show, get out of the, the heat, as it were, and hopefully your theater is air conditioned and it's not broken. Because that would suck. I saw Mission Impossible Fallout with a broken AC in the movie theater, and it was miserable. It sounds and terrible. It was, and we all had like those, those crazy leather like recliner seats, you know, and so it was just so hot and miserable. It reminds me of when they used to do midnight screenings, and they they clearly had their air on like a timer that was that clicked off at like midnight, and so, and no one ever thought to like override it for like midnight screenings, and so like half the time you would be in a midnight screening and it'd be like hundred degrees. Yeah, pass. Not a fan. Yeah. Um, sounds but, terrible. Sounds like torture. It does. It really does. It is. You can die in the heat, man. Sucks. Fury Road out there. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we did a summer movie guide for everything that's coming out in 2021, which is very exciting. Uh, but I found a fun list on Den of Geek that has, what did it say? It was the best summer movies of all time. All so time. Keep in mind, some of the movies that might be your favorites are not on this list because... Guess what? They didn't come out in the summertime. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of awesome movies that came out around Christmas, like Lord of the Rings, shit like that. Uh, not not on this list because it's a summertime movie. Um, but Dave, do you have the link in front of you? I do. It's a very interesting list. It's the top 26 movie uh, summer movies of all time, but it has an honorable mention and a number 27. So. What a weird list. So, so, so Den of Geek, they're playing by their own rules, and I'm here for it. Uh, speaking of some movies, did you get a chance to see F9 yet, Justin? 
No, I was I was too busy. I've been working like a madman. But Absolutely. I think I'm gonna see I think I'm gonna see Black Widow and Fast and Furious Nine this weekend. I think I'm gonna Ooh, do a twofer. Double feature. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll find a drive-in that's playing both. Ooh, that would be great. Uh, the, the only reason I, I say is because in Fast Nine it it's got a lot of flashbacks to uh you know Dom Toretto and stuff like that and his brother and uh this incident where their dad dies and stuff like that. And I just watched Fast uh the Fast and the Furious, the very first one with my kids, because they we started them on like five because we figured they wouldn't want to watch the original ones. And so we decided, hey, let's watch the original one today uh, or yesterday. And we watched half yesterday, half the day. And uh, he tells in great detail the story of the, that they unfolds in, in episode nine. So it was kind of cool to see, uh, you know, it, him describe it and it's been this tragic tale. And then, you know, 20 years later, we see it on screen. So it's like his brother gets like a like a wrench and like murders somebody with it, right? <laughs> he does. Dom does. Oh, Dom does. Oh, I thought yeah, it was the brother. He, he doesn't murder him. He just like, Beats them to, to where, yeah, to where, as he says it, he's a janitor now and he has to take a bus to work. That's right. <laughs> Dom's words, not mine. I'm not callous like that. Uh, but it was just kind of interesting. But uh, I digress. Uh, so, do you guys want to hear the list? Yes. All yeah. right. On this twenty top 26 of all time, they have an honorable mention that will be the first point of contention that I have with this list. <laughs> Their honorable mention would be probably like one of my top five summer movies of all time. They have an honorable mention for Independence Day. I don't know if it's my age. You know, this 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 trailer came out, you know, as I was in high school. The movie came out the summer after I graduated high school. Independence Day was a huge part of my like te- late teens, early 20s. I love it so much. And it was one of the really the first like teasers that ever like got me going like july 2nd they they arrived july 3rd they attacked july 4th our independence day we fight back and uh, for it to be number uh, i guess technically 28 i think is a great miscarriage of justice it's the it's the big willie special mention independence day and i think what it is is uh will smith was kind of the king of summer movies for a while and uh while uh, the author wasn't able to put you know every will smith movie like wild wild west i robot and hancock on the list I think you wanted to make sure that Will Smith was uh, properly represented on this list because he was a big part of the 90s and early 2000s summer movies. I, I think it's safe to argue that Independence Day is better than all those movies that you just mentioned. <laughs> those, uh, Wild Wild West, I, Robot, and what was the other one? Hancock. Yeah, I think Independence Day crushes those. I think Bad Boys is pretty amazing. Bad Boys 2 is even more amazing. But I, I think that Independence Day just wins the award for best Will Smith summer blockbuster movie. Okay, far and away. We should probably, now that you mentioned that this movie would be in your top five, uh, we should probably just make a quick, as the, as this list goes, just keep track of things and have your own top five when you're done. All right. Uh, now, are we uh, are we setting the same, are we, set, what, are we setting rules that it has to come out, you know, June and on? You know, I would say I would say I would say May, even though yeah I would say even though Fast and Furious tends to come out in April, <laughs> um, we will call it May to August. I'm May going, through August. I'm going Memorial Day to Labor Day. Okay, that's fair. End of May to the beginning, the like first week of September. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And on this top twenty-six list, number twenty-seven, The Avengers. That seems low, but whatever. Yeah. Still new, I guess. Twenty <laughs> twelve. I mean, it's nine years old. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, but this did come out May fourth, twenty twelve. So you know, this mm. this is pre 
uh, Memorial Day. So, you know. Okay, so it doesn't even count for you. So maybe it loses points for being, you know. Too early. For being too early. So where it's where you, I wouldn't, because I mean, at that point, when do you start? You know, because then like the Hunger Game movies and, you know, a lot of the YA movies, they would come out in like end of March. And then, you know, like you mentioned Fast and the Furious, and there was always, a lot of times a Marvel movie that came out in April. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to set okay. rules here. Right. I feel like the April is like the road to WrestleMania was with Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Like, April is kind of getting you excited. Like, oh, my God, summer's almost here kind of thing. But it's not quite summer. It, it gets you, it gets your motor running, but but it's not quite summer. Nice. I agree. Uh, number 26 on the list is firmly in the summer. It came out June 10th, 1994. Any guesses? No. 1994? 1994 on June 10th. I don't know. Stars Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. Oh, Speed! It is speed. Yeah. There's a bomb on the bus. Pop mm-hmm. quiz, Randy. I don't know why I said it, but... Randy hates Speed. <laughs> I don't. I actually saw it like two or three times in the theater. The the, the girl that I was dating at the time um, really loved it, so we, we ended up seeing it multiple times. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for Jeff Daniels to blow up. I didn't like that. I was like, what the fuck? Spoiler alert. Just looks at the camera and just accepts his fate? <laughs> yeah, what the hell is that all about? That was lame. It was lame. Uh, number 25 on the list comes out on May 16th, 1986. It's got everything that a summer movie needs. It's got music. It's got fighter jets. It's got a young, robust, sexy Tom Cruise who looks not terribly different today because he's got that super Scientology double juice, I guess. Uh, we're talking about Top Gun, the 25th best summer of all time. Wait, is that, is that, too, is that too low, Justin? Uh, well, I saw it when I was a kid. I did see it in the theater, but I would have never known if it was a summer movie or not. So, surprise, since it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it seems kind of low. But I mean, I don't know. It's it's pretty uh, stiff competition. I think uh, the the way this list is going, it sounds like just making a list is a big deal. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited. I'll take it. Well, what about you, Randy? Were you uh, we, as as a young lad of uh, I guess nine? Nine. Were you were you, uh, were you a big fan of the Top Gun? Um, I didn't see it until much later in life. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say no. All right. I, I think I waited to see it on TV eventually. All right. Number 24 on the list came out July 9th, 2004, almost exactly 17 years ago to the day that we're talking about Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Now, when I think summer movies, I think over-the-top action, popcorn flick, don't necessarily go comedy, uh, but I'll allow it because Anchorman, I think, is one of those iconic comedies that kind of transcends the summer. I think there's... Usually, like every like couple summers, there's always like some comedy that just comes out of nowhere, like Bridesmaids or Hangover. And uh, I think in uh, 2004, that was Anchorman. What say you, Randy? You're a fan of comedy. <laughs> um, I didn't like Anchorman when I first saw it. Um, I generally wasn't a fan of um, <sighs> of comedy movie Will Ferrell, but comedy movies of that era. For whatever reason, uh, I just wasn't appreciating. Um, but since then, and mostly because of the efforts of you and Justin constantly fucking quoting that movie, it has uh, really become quite uh, a warm, soft, fuzzy spot in my in my heart. So uh, I didn't like it when I first saw it, but I've grown to appreciate it. All right, Justin, we did it. Mission accomplished. Yay! What do I? What do we win? 
we, we still got to get him on board on a couple other things. Oh, okay. I think like, he's la- on board like Last Crusade movie. being the best Indiana Jones movie. Well, I, mean, I think, I think yeah, that's not even that. the best summer movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We it is a summer movie. Yeah, I was gonna it say is. it is a summer movie. <laughs> Number twenty. That was the hell of the summer too. Yeah. <laughs> Number twenty three came out April twenty sixth, twenty nineteen, and it may have been like the most amped I've ever seen a crowd, and that is Avengers Endgame. Ooh, yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of low. It's kind of low on the list. I don't know. Maybe it loses points for not being like a traditional summer movie, but that's uh, it's pretty good. It is, and it, I mean, just the culmination of ten years in the making. It's it's gonna be really hard to recreate that in the next whatever thirty forty years. <laughs> I can't imagine uh, that happening anytime soon. Um, and it was a really big deal. And I feel like it was like the ultimate payoff. It's like we've all been investing in this franchise for so long, and uh, it was totally worth it. Loved it. Did you guys see the trailer for What If today? Uh, no, my phone was blowing up for it, but I haven't watched it yet. I kept getting all these texts from like Felix and Brett. And I was like, "What are they talking about?" <laughs> but no, I haven't watched uh, it. Yet. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. It, it looks like it'll be a fun series. It's it's uh, it's it's not. I'm sure they will do like the more traditional like single moment like what ifs like what if Tony Stark had died? But like the trailer starts off with Tony Stark's gonna die and he's saved by Killmonger, <laughs> like like just yeah. like just crazy out there kind of stuff. And uh, sure. I am here for it. Or what if? Uh, T'Challa was Black Panther, or uh, he was Black Panther. What if T'Challa was Star Lord and stuff? So, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Just like number so twenty-two funny. on our list, May fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. I saw this in Palm Springs when I worked for this lady who I couldn't stand. It is Mad Max: Fury Road. Randy was the one. only one who had, had faith in this film, and uh, he was rewarded. And unlike Randy, who can never admit he doesn't like anything except for Anchorman. Uh, Justin and I were the bigger people, and we admitted, Randy, you were right on this one. <laughs> yeah, I saw it three times in the theater. I was like, holy shit, this movie's fucking awesome. I love that movie. I just recently revisited it, and I, I love it just as much now as I did when it first came out. So good. Yeah. Number 21. We're only on 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 21. And and the date's wrong on this. Thing. This has it as May 3rd, 2002. It has uh, Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man, but it came out April 2nd, I believe, uh, because it was just a scant three days before I met Mr. Justin Cavender. So, Spider-Man, Sam Raimi at number 21. That seems incredibly low for a movie that broke all the records and all the magnitudes. Uh, Justin, is this is this too low? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, that was that movie where... In a in a post nine eleven world, it was the first time we had like a a real honest to goodness superhero, and it was amazing. Like everyone loved it. I don't I don't know a human being that that didn't enjoy Spider Man when it came out, whether it was in April or May. <laughs> but when when the, everyone walked out of the theater, they were just like blown away. Like holy shit, this is a comic book movie, man! It was awesome. Yeah, and it was it was kind of the first of the modern comic book movie era. I know a lot of people say it started with X Men, but um, I really feel like Spider Man is what did it for me. Um, and that's an interesting thing because 
I've really liked every different movie iteration of Spider-Man. I've liked the Andrew Garfield version. I really liked the the Tobey Maguire ones. Maybe not the third one so much. Um, but every every and, and Tom Holland, of course. I, I'm I'm really digging all of them. But man, I have such an insanely soft spot for the Sam Raimi Tobey Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Uh, to, part two, I, I would argue, is better than part one. I just oh, fucking yeah. love them so much, and and 100%. the score is amazing. So fucking good. It's you, funny you too. Those, you, you love all those Spider-Man. You're going to be really excited for uh, No Way Home. Probably they're going to bring all those together. Yeah, we're going to have all of your buddies. Plus, we're going to have Doc Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, Jamie Foxx's Electro. We have hopefully we'll have Michael Keaton's uh, Vulture. I mean, right there, that's three of the Sinister Six right there. You know, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. That's exciting stuff. I, I saw a uh, headline, and I, I didn't. Um like follow follow it down the rabbit hole but i saw a headline saying something about uh uh kevin feige being upset that alfred molina uh revealed to the world that he was going to be appearing in the movie digitally de-aged um like that was a giant big spoiler that he just casually let out there in the world hmm. huh. you know what'd be cool is it's if- austin the idol Right. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about that, and I changed my mind. <laughs> you're, a better, you're, better, you're a better person than me. It's so funny. You know what I think would be really cool, though, is if, uh, if for some sort of viral marketing campaign, if they made – what is the newspaper in Spider-Man? Is it like the Bugle? Yeah, if they made like a legitimate one that you could subscribe to, and it could be fucking delivered to you, and just have like just crazy nonsense of what's going on in the world of – Spider-Man and Marvel. I think that'd be so badass. I'd subscribe to it. I think that'd be cool. It'd essentially, yeah, it would essentially be a comic book in its own right. Yeah. Just, just yeah. printed on, like, newspaper stock. Yeah. I mean, it would cost a fortune to do, probably, and logistically, it doesn't make any sense to deliver it to all the homes that are spread out in various places, but it's I would fucking like buy. Once a month, <laughs> and it would come in the fucking mail, in yeah. the middle envelope, and at this point, you're just ordering a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> What's what's cool is all the uh, all the uh, the chutzpah, the rumors coming out of No Way Home is that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are not do not have cameos in this movie. That they are, you know, you could you could make the argument that they are co leads of the film. So oh shit. fuck yeah, that makes me happy. Exciting. Yeah, now they're even older. <laughs> <laughs> Tobey Maguire was like forty when he made Spider Man. Yeah, now he's like. 42. But you know what? I still fucking bought it. I still fucking bought into it. I, I think Andrew Garfield was even older than what Tobey Maguire was when he was Spider Man. I don't know. Andrew, Garf- Andrew Garfield's pretty incredible. Like, like Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield as Peter Parker is is just so great. I know Tom Holland, you know, is also great, but I, I really, really dug Andrew Garfield, and I thought that him and Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy, easily the best like on screen like pairing of uh, Spider Man and his love interest. Mm-hmm. But this isn't the Spider Man list. This is the top <laughs> twenty six. Summer movies of all time from Den of Geek with 28 entries. And number 20 on this list came out on July 16th, 2010. I did not see this movie in the theater. I actually saw this movie at Bass Lake. This is 2010's Inception from Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see it like, in oh, theater. Yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I remember I was moving when that movie came out. Uh, so I didn't watch it in theater. I actually caught it uh, when it came out on the, the Blue Rage. I don't remember if I did see it in the theater or not. I, oh, you know what? I think I did. I fell asleep during it. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's great. It's you know, it, it's it does uh, it doesn't scream summer movie, but you know, due to the rules of the list, you know, it came out in the summer, so 
makes it a summer movie. Um, so yeah, number twenty. Uh, real quick, Andrew Garfield was twenty nine. Tobey Maguire was twenty seven. Oh shit! They made their first Spider Man movies. You were right. Tell your sister. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> now, number 19. I just I just can't. Like, so we all know that modern box office is bonkers. The records are broke, broken and made every single week. In 1982, Steven Spielberg made a little masterpiece <laughs> called E.T. the Extraterrestrial. And it was the undisputed king of the box office for... Uh, until uh, the special edition of Star Wars. So for 15 years, it was the number one movie at the box office. It was the first movie at $400 million. And people are like, no movie's ever going to make more than $400 million. It is delightful. It holds up. I watched it the other day. It'll still make you cry. E.T. at number 19 is just a miscarriage of justice. But I'm biased, so I guess I'll let you two talk and tell me how wrong I am. I love E.T. I think it's fantastic. And I'm surprised that there's like so many versions of it, so, like with the the guys in the hazmat suits. Like, what they have guns, they don't have guns. They got flashlights, whatever the case may be. They got walkie talkies. Walkie talkies. There you go. <laughs> That's kind of weird, but I mean, I'm with you, man. Every time ET's white and sick, I. I'm dying. I lose it, man. I mean, that's that's like having to take your 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 doggy to the vet, and it's not going to be a good outcome. And it's so sad, and you can't do anything for him. And I hate it. And I and I love the movie at the same time. It's beautiful. It's it's old the other with a happy ending for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh- that's a great way to describe it. Um, I have such wonderful memories of that movie as a kid. And same thing Justin just said. It's I, I hate seeing him sick. I hate going through that emotional turmoil every time. And I swear to God, as I sit here in my 40s and I watch it, I am reduced to the five-year-old me that saw it for the very first time every fucking time. And, um, oh, my God, it's such a wonderful movie. It really it, is. It, it deserves to be higher on the list. The John Williams and- score alone is is unparalleled. 100%. And I think for us, it's so relatable. Like when they're going trick or treating and the whole town's involved, that's so cool. I mean, how many times when it, when you were a kid and it was time to go trick or treating, there's just, you literally just see like hundreds of people uh, on the street. I mean, Dave, you still get it in your neighborhood, but it's kind of rare in a lot of the towns in the United States these days. You are, your neighborhood's a bit of an anomaly, but. It is really cool to see that. And just remember, like, getting dressed and kind of waiting all day to go trick-or-treating and how fucking cool that was. Even when it was a school night, it's like the one night a year that you could just, like, stay up and break the rules. And it was so fucking cool. And you totally get that from that movie. It's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm definitely an anomaly because my in-laws live, like, two blocks away. And they get, like, nine trick-or-treaters to her. You know, <laughs> if, if, we, if we didn't trick-or-treat with our kids and just sat in front of our house, we would give out, like, 2,000, 3,000 pieces of candy. It's ridiculous. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Speaking of pieces of candy, number 18, July 18th, 1986. Ridley Scott, or sorry, James Cameron's Aliens. Ooh, it's a good one. That is a really good one. Too high, too low, just right? Eh, Probably just right. Yeah, I'm not not hating its position. All right. You're both going to hate number 17 because if you put a gun to my head and, like, said, name the first summer movie that comes to your head, Justin, what is it? Terminator 2. Yep. Number 17. <laughs> Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I'm not even cheating. That's just, that's oh my, my favorite action movie ever. <laughs> if, 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 I mean, yes, I understand Independence Day. I had those fun words. E.T. as a film, I think, is, is, is infinitely better. But 
when I think summer movies, I mean it. Terminator Two and Jurassic Park are probably the first two that come to my mind. I don't even know if Jurassic Park is a summer movie. It um, is. Is it okay? Yeah. Those are the first to come to mind, but Terminator Two is the first that I that I think of for summer movies. And you know, Schwarzenegger is so good, and Terminator Two is. But I I would not even fight Justin on the claim that Terminator Two is the best action movie of all time. If anyone were to tell me that, I would be like, yeah, I could see that. So, Randy, <laughs> yeah. what do you think uh- here? Oh my god, I, I love Terminator 2. I, I saw that so many times that summer it came out that my local movie theater implemented a rule that said that um, you weren't able to go see an R-rated movie unless you had a parental, uh, like a, a, a guardian there with you. <laughs> yeah, it used to be, because it was rated R, we would just have like one of... Well, no, no, it, it, you can't it buy was. a ticket. I, I was 14, yeah, I was 14 years old. My buddy that I was seeing it with, we, he was 13. And and we were just practically seeing it on repeat all that summer. And it got to the point where we couldn't just have, like, his mom or my mom buy the tickets, and then we would walk in and say, see ya, kind of thing. It was like, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. you got to have one of the parents come in with you. Um, and that was what prevented us from seeing it more, because we loved it so much, we were just going to keep fucking watching that movie. Man. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. We we made them enact a rule at our local yeah. theater. <laughs> how much I was fucking loving that movie. They weren't going to follow the rules. You made them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Such a good movie. Number 16, May 5th, 2000. I swear my eyes are fine. Uh, that it is going to be Gladiator with Russell Crowe, directed by Ridley Scott. All right. That's not, I mean, I get it's a summer movie, but. That's not one that I'm hyped for for summertime. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. It's a period piece. Let's and, go and back 2,000 years before that of our minds. <laughs> right. Like, I, when I think summer movie, I think like fast pace, you know, not a huge runtime, something you get a bucket of popcorn, large soda pop, or something like that. I'm glad it's like three hours long. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's an incredible movie. It's just not my idea of a summer movie. Yeah. And, Joaquin Phoenix's Commodus is probably like one of like the five most punchable faces in film. Like he's just every time he's on screen, like he's such a good actor, and the way they they dressed him and they made him up, and the way he acts, and like when he freaking stabs Aurelius and puts the armor on over, I'm like, man, I just want to hit you in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was a bad guy for a, a lot of his career, and I, I think it was when he did Signs, and he was like funny and like. A likable character, it's like Meryl or whatever. I was like, uh, "Oh my god, I like this man. I've hated him for <laughs> so long that now I actually enjoy him on my screen." It's so funny. You how you got to swing away. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know if number fifteen. I have such fun memories because I mean, it just this movie hit me at the right time. You know, I was the right age for this one. I think all three of us the right age for this film. It was one of the first kind of event films i can remember you know i uh, we talked about et but i was too young to understand the magnitude of that but 1989's batman that, that shit was everywhere man it was it was it was i think the first time i ever like connected the dots of moisturizing like, yeah exactly <laughs> the machine that is movie making like everyone was wearing batman shirts everyone had batman clothes they had posters on their wall mcdonald's had cups there were happy meal toys there were action figures everything this big marketing blitz for Batman, and I was here for it. And I was the perfect age for it. So, Randy, why is 89's Batman amazing? Dude, I don't know, but I had like a sexual awakening the summer of 1989, and, and it was like <laughs> I, I got I got movie boners. And <laughs> Batman 89, 
uh, Last Crusade coming out the same summer. Holy shit, it was one hit after another after another, and I was loving hanging out in the air-conditioned movie theater all goddamn summer. 12 years old, I couldn't have been a better age for it. And of course, I had the, the Batman t-shirt. I didn't know anybody who didn't. I mean, you could go to school at any given day, and like half the guys would be wearing a Batman shirt. And even some of the girls, too. Um, it was just like, it was so popular. It was just one of those things that I don't think anybody outwardly disliked it. It even revived the uh, the Batman 66 TV series. Brought, well, didn't revive it as in, like, they made new ones, but it, like, brought it back <laughs> on the TV. They, they ran it at, like, 5 or 6 p.m. every yeah, day. I watched um, it every day. I, yeah. I did, too, and I, that was my first introduction to it. I was like, holy shit, this stuff is great. It's like... My parents grew up with this shit. Why did they never tell me about it? Why did they not like? Why did they not regale me with these wonderful stories of Batman? Why am I just now finding out? Yeah, I couldn't get enough of the '60s Batman when that was airing. It was just my favorite thing. I, I literally would wait. I would plow through my cartoons to get to five o'clock to watch Batman. It was always two episodes, so yeah. you were you always got to finish on. Uh, they would have the cliffhanger, and then you would get to get the resolution, which was awesome. So. Yeah. yeah, and I, I couldn't get over Cesar Romero and fucking painting the white paint over his mustache and everything. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, what that's is up right. with this guy? <laughs> He's a boss, dude. And I, yeah. I learned just, what was that, two days ago? That William Hootkins or whatever, Eckhart from Batman 89, is, mm-hmm. is Porkins in, in A New Hope. Yeah. I, I never knew that. And I've seen both movies a thousand times. <laughs> And oh, Billy Dee is uh, Harvey Dent. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that he's yeah. Harvey Dent. I think that's so cool. I noticed that when I was a teenager. I put that together when I was watching uh, Batman yeah, Forever. No, no, no. Um, I, I mean, that's a good point. But I, I think, I think it was when it was recast as um, with Tommy Lee Jones is when I really did the math. There, I was like, oh, okay, same character, same, same. Yeah. 89 was a good year because on June 23rd, 89, we got Batman. And just a little less than one day less than a month before, on May 24th, 1989, we got one of the greatest action movies of all time. Probably the greatest performance from one Mr. Harrison Ford. I'm talking, of course, about the best Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones Last Crusade, number 14. Randy, you're the Indiana Jones fan here. What did it say to you? Um, I would say this is so far my favorite summer movie. Um, and it was one of the ones that, uh, you know, as I was saying for Batman 89, I was 12 years old when it came out. It hit me at just the right age. That is the absolute perfect age to be going out and just watching movies all summer. And, uh, damn, if that didn't stick with me my entire life. It's also one of my act- one of my favorite movie going experiences because my local theater that I would end up going to through my entire teen years. And I even tried to work at it at one point in time. It opened on May 24th, 1989, and it opened playing only Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, like on every single screen. And they had this merchandise cart, and when you walked in the front of it, they had like a wax statue of Indiana Jones holding the the Holy Grail. Um, When you enter, they like went all out decorating the interior of the movie theater for it. And oh my God. And and I always, always, always had had this image in my mind ever since, every time I went there, ever since I was a kid. Love it. What's your origin tale on Indiana Jones? I don't think we've ever explored that. Were you like, I mean, Raiders is 82? 81. So Raiders is 81, uh, Temple is 84, and Last Crusade is 89. So was was Temple your first experience with Indiana Jones and then you went back to Raiders? 
Yeah, Temple. So I, I actually watched them in chronological order because that takes place in 35, 1935. And then Raiders takes place in 1936. And then 1938 is when uh, Last Crusade takes place. But yeah, so Temple of Doom was my first one. And, and this neighbor kid down the street, he was. we were playing <laughs> on his, in his front yard. He was kind of a kind of a weird kid. He was yeah, not going to go into that. But what I am going to go into is he he pinned me down and he held my mouth open and he was pouring uh, Dr Pepper into my mouth and he was shouting like Kalima Kalima this shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I gotta go home. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And uh, and he's telling me, oh my god, you got to see this movie. <laughs> And, uh, and, and did and he not- want you to go in his house to watch this movie? <laughs> You're like, I can't go in your house, buddy. I'll never come out. Um, I, I don't, I don't remember the circumstances, but I, I remember not seeing it in the theater. I didn't see the first Indiana Jones movie I saw in a theater was Last Crusade. So, um, like Temple of Doom had just come out uh, recently after that when he was enacting that scene in, in his front yard with me, and um, I heard about Indiana Jones and I heard there was another movie on, uh, called Raiders, and we were able to rent that. So even though my first kind of Indiana Jones experience was Temple of Doom, I guess I did watch Raiders first. Come to think of it. Now, was your at that point where you're instantly like a diehard indie fan, or was it not until like Last Crusade came out that kind of like peaked your max indie level? So, um, as crazy as it sounds, Temple of Doom was my favorite movie, it was my favorite Indiana Jones movie after watching Temple of Doom and Raiders, you know. Um, so I was going into it just loving both of them, but really preferring uh, Temple of Doom. And when Last Crusade came out, I had high expectations for Indiana Jones and I was really hoping for toys, you know, because I was still big into toys in summer of 89. I had all the Batman stuff that came out. Still, like you're not still into toys. <laughs> oh, dude. Like you gave up. Yeah. You haven't clicked yeah. anything in the last you know, twenty-seven years. This is fair, but I mean, you know, not 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 everybody's still into it at twelve, at age twelve. That's uh, true. But I was. I certainly was. I, I don't think there was a point that I ever wasn't into it, except maybe a brief period in my twenties when I, I uh, had a, a misplacement of my values. But it's funny you say that, Randy, because like I remember getting scolded by my friend Pat. Uh, I had, I we were we were twelve. And the, do you remember the crash test dummies action figures oh, yeah. that came out? Oh yeah, and, and then they had like the car that you could get, and it would destroy, it'd wreck, and they would go through the windshield and all that stuff. Yeah, I like their was, arms and stuff would pop off. Yeah, everything would fly off. Yeah, I thought they were so cool, and I I got those for Christmas. And and I remember Patrick was like so like irritated that I was still playing with toys when we were twelve. I'm like, dude, they're cool. Back off. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I was into toys until I got like my Nintendo, my NES, and then I was into video games and playing sports outside. And then it wasn't until much, 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 much later that I got back into collecting. It was probably like the Power of the Force 2 era. So like, you know, later 90s uh, yeah, is probably when sense. I started to, to start actually like getting back into figures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, went, I just, went for comics. I traded figures for comic books. That's worthwhile. That's a good trade. Yeah. Yeah. Number 13, July 13th, 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I don't necessarily put this with a summer movie, but if this is on, I'll watch it. I love this movie. Yeah, it's fun. Um, real quick, on, on uh, Last Crusade, uh, I saw that in Laughlin uh, in the theater. And uh, speaking of 1989 being a killer year for movies, I remember seeing a trailer for Back to the Future 2. 
And that was really cool because that was the that was like November of '89, I think. And then to cap that off, you got a trailer for fucking Back to the Future Three at the end of Back to the Future Two. I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Um, that that's how you make a fucking movie, man. Back to back, love it. Anyway, I'm sorry, Ferris Bueller. Yeah, and Ferris Bueller, I, I love that movie, and it is it's really high on my list, but. I didn't see it when it first came. I didn't see it for years afterwards. So um, it's like I love it in retrospect, and I love what it represents, and I love the the like time capsule into '80s culture that it is. But because I didn't experience it when it first came out, I don't think I could ever put it in my top five. <laughs> right, and I think because we didn't see it in the theater, you know, it's only a summer movie. You see it in the movie in the summertime. We all saw it right, right, VHS, you know, right, whenever, yeah. 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 Randy is our Cameron, which is kind of funny. <laughs> the, the antisocial. <laughs> it's kind of true. When Randy me. was in Egypt land. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh. Right. Number 12. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number 12, we can all get behind. Came out July 15th, 1988. A John McClane classic. Ooh. Die Hard. Sweet. It's a good one. Yeah. This one, this one throws you off. It came out in the summer, but it takes place during Christmas. Right. There's a, there's like Iron Man three. Yeah. Both are very confusing movies. Batman Returns, also a Christmas slash summer movie. Yeah. Now I'm questioning whether I saw this in the movie theater or not. I would have only been 11 years old, and I'm like, did my parents really take me to see this? <laughs> I, I saw all but the first in the movie theater. I am relatively sure I saw some movies. My parents were not uh, my parents were not hippies by any stretch of the imagination, but they they were very open with the arts, and mm-hmm. uh, we watched a lot of things we shouldn't have watched. And I want to say I saw if I didn't see the theater, I saw it immediately when it came to VHS because I, I remember seeing it when I was very very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember by the time uh, Die Hard Two came out, I remember seeing that theatrically, and that was like ninety three, ninety four. Maybe 92, I don't remember. Yeah, it was early. It was before that. Yeah, because 93 is um, with a vengeance, I think. 94 was... Or 95 was was with a vengeance. Was it? Okay. Yeah, Die Hard 2 was like 90 or 91. Okay. Let me let me consult the, the Google there. Why don't you Google that while I tell you that number 90. 11... 1990. All right. All right. Number 11 came out June 15th, 1994. It is the animated classic, The Ooh. Lion King. It's a good one. I was very anti blanking for a long time. Right. <laughs> Blockbuster uh, had ruined. it on the loops. <laughs> that ruined it for me. Oh. And then so I, you, you I, have to sell the pre-order like VHS because Disney came out on VHS like almost immediately. And he's like, "Hey, find a Blockbuster video where you can pre-order the Lion King for nineteen ninety-nine and get ten free rentals with your order." This is David speaking. How can I help you? Jesus, stupid fucking Lion King. By that Did point, they've already hung up like twice. Did I ever tell you guys that I got into my first car accident because of The Lion King? I don't think so. Did someone so, feel the love tonight? <laughs> no, no, that's exactly it. So um, I was driving into work at Disneyland, and it was 1995. So it wasn't 94 the year that it came out. It was the year that I started working at the park. And um, I was driving in, and that song came on the radio. 
Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And I was so sick of hearing it played in the park, just in general. I was just so sick of it. And all a lot of things Disney, because I was really overworked uh, that year, that, that, that summer. And I reached down to go change the radio station. And I wasn't paying attention. I look up, and all of a sudden, the track in front of me had stopped, and I just rear-ended this guy. Oh. As I was driving into work, it was like I was on ball getting ready to turn onto Harbor to, to go into the cast member lot. And I was on my way into work for a night shift, and I just plowed this guy. Man, my dad used to warn me every time I went driving, don't mess with the radio while you're driving. You're getting an accident. <laughs> like, no, yeah. I'm good. And then you did it. <laughs> you know what that he was, was talking about. Who knew? Yeah, you said, you oh, said totally. Yeah. Dad. <laughs> yeah, clearly. But I'll happily also say that's the only accident I've ever been in that I caused. Oh, and it was, it was dumb, and it was, it was Lion King related. Yeah, yeah. should get Elton John to pay that bill. Yeah. Yeah. We are in rarefied air, gents. We are in the. T- we have now made it to the top ten of Jenna Geek's list, breaking into the number ten. The film that, that really catapulted Mr. Johnny Depp into the superstar stratosphere, July 9th, two thousand three. Uh, tomorrow is July 9th. We are almost to the anniversary. We are talking, of course, about Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl. Ooh, that's a good one. We watched it on Saturday. I fucking love that movie. It's mm-hmm. so good. I like yeah. the pairs. Like I like the two royal guards, and then I also like the two pirates that are always getting into trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I think Johnny Depp is so funny. Yeah, Johnny Depp's so good in this one, where he's just. But you have heard of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. When, he, when, he, when he's coming into port on like the sinking ship, and like he empties just like a little bit, just so he can perfectly time it, so he steps right off the mass. And yeah, that's pretty great. You think he's on a big ship, and then it kind of pans out, and you see that he's a little dingy. It's pretty awesome. The music's fucking amazing in that movie, too. Love the score. Oh, yeah. And you're like, whoa, being a pirate, sweet. I don't know what all the fuss is about. <laughs> Man, there's the occasional murder and pillaging, but other than that, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I Made mean, us all love pirates. Yeah. What didn't, what didn't make us all love aliens was Ridley Scott's 1979 movie where no one can hear you scream in outer space. Or in outer space, no one can hear you scream. We're talking Alien. Yeesh. That was before I my would, time. I would put Aliens above Alien, but I don't know if that's just because I wasn't there in 1979 for the uh, the revolutionary Alien, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're two yeah. different movies. I, I always ranked Aliens higher, too, but I also saw Aliens first. I never saw the first Alien movie until much later in life. It's kind of your uh, M.O. <laughs> there, Randy. I, I know. David, did you skip number nine by chance? Uh, I did, actually. Okay. <laughs> I can't read. Uh, we'll go back to number nine. Uh, yeah, I, I actually saw Alien. Alien was actually the third Aliens movie I saw. I saw Aliens and Alien 3 before I saw Alien. Wow. Yeah. Took the, I, took, I took the back road there. Uh, and Randy is correct. I did skip number nine. Number nine, I, I hate myself for skipping it, is 1984's Ghostbusters. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I think it has the same thing. I would have been six when this came out, so I don't think I saw this in the theater. So for me, it was never really a summer movie just because, you know, when I saw it, it was who knows when it was. Mm -hmm. I saw two in the theater. Oh, yeah. 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 I I I definitely saw two in the theater. At the Cynodome. And, And that was after the animated series had already been running for a year or two. Um, so I, I think I don't remember. I, I know I didn't see the first Ghostbusters in the theater when it first came out. So 
I don't know when I did see it, but I saw it before seeing the animated series. Um, but yeah, part two, I definitely saw on the big screen. Which I think was also the summer of Randy. I think that was uh, 89. Was it? Uh, 89, is it 89 or 90? One of the two. But yeah, I remember yeah. I remember both Batman and Ghostbusters 2 being like the first movies to where like we had to get to the movie theater early and wait in line for a long time. <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah. I saw oh, both, of the, both of the Cynodome. I remember the line like wrapped around the movie theater, and uh, it was fun. I was looking. Uh, a couple of people were like, like bugging me for like Storm uh, collectibles, like hints, you know, uh, <laughs> like MK Addict and and Corey. And uh, I tried to find a, a gift forever that was I have seen shit that I'll turn you white, <laughs> but <laughs> but I couldn't find one. No one's made one, so. Get on that, somebody. Not, not even on the so, Google machine? No, I couldn't find one. Oh. Ghostbusters 2 is 1989. You're right. Yeah. It, it was that glorious summer. Yeah. Summer Randy. Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did call it my sexual awakening, David. That's true. Even though it was more of like my maybe my cinematic awakening. All right. All right. Moving on. We did eight was alien. Number seven. Christopher Nolan's Magnus Opus. We are talking The Dark Knight. Mm. It's a pretty good movie. It is a good one. Same summer as uh, Iron Man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the summer. Ooh, I wonder if Iron Man's going to be on this list. Well, I don't know. Yeah, Dark Knight's uh, that's another one where like tonally you're just like, I went in to enjoy this movie and now I'm kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. Good movie. I, I yeah, really enjoy great. it, but it, the the enjoyment factor, just like the summer like popcorn blockbuster kind of thing, um, it just doesn't ring that bell for me. Right. It's a little heavy. Yeah. 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 It's long, too. <laughs> uh, but it's a good one. That's it's great. One. Yeah, it's great. But, I, I mean... Uh, it is interesting though because like you mentioned the 89 Batman and how we just saw Batman merchandise everywhere it literally took over everyone's wearing Batman shirts and people of all ages there's Batman buttons and space balls the flamethrower and all these things but with that movie uh, you know there was a little four foot section and a target for Batman toys and that's that's all I remember yeah I think they finally realized that there's not a lot going on with Batman <laughs> you got Batman you got Batman in a different suit Maybe you got a Joker, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> Thank you for finding. Uh, did you make it? <laughs> no, I googled it. It was like the fourth thing down. What an asshole! I love it. <laughs> Thank you. You're you my hero. I, I try. You know who's not my hero? Den of Geek, because they put my all-time favorite movie of all time, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, at number six of the best summer movies of all time. Yeah, now, when I when I think Star Wars, you know, obviously young new viewers uh, will know that Star Wars traditionally takes place in December. However, that's not all, that wasn't the case for the first six films, uh, arguably the good films. They came out in May, all six of them, you know, usually within like, within like 10 days of each other. And uh, Empire Strikes Back came May 21st, 1980, changed the world, uh, gave us Yoda, gave us, I'm no, I am your father, gave us so much good stuff, introduced us to the emperor, Empire Strikes Back number six. No, I don't think so. I say nay. Nay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it just from a cultural relevance standpoint, it should definitely be higher on the list. Um, 
but personally, I can't put that on my summer my summer blockbuster favorites list either because I didn't see it when it first came out. I didn't see Empire till years a few years later. True, and it's a, the biggest in a snow planet, which to me is Christmas. So it's one of those <laughs> movies. Have you guys seen Bill Hader do his Tauntaun impression? Yes. <laughs> oh, I sent you guys a video last night. He does it at the end. Um, but it's so fucking funny, man. It is like side splitting, amazing. Him doing his talk <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I went on a big Saturday Night Live kick maybe like a month or two ago to where, you know, they're on YouTube. So I'd watch one on YouTube and then it would stream into another one, another one. And I didn't realize <clears throat> there's a period of like six years where every game show is hosted by Bill Hader. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he basically like was the game, sh- the host on every game show, and they're all just hysterical. <laughs> He's the funniest man, and he's a nervous wreck. He he has like super anxiety. He breaks character all the time because he's like so nervous, and it's just adorable and funny. And I love him so much. And I cannot wait for Barry to come back on HBO. Yeah, there was one side in life sketch, and all it was was him breaking character because he was playing like a guy in like a motorized like rascal scooter. Like he was playing an elderly person who didn't have his motor skills, and so you could tell in the scene he was just supposed to like exit the scene swiftly but instead i don't know if he did on purpose or it was just a happy accident instead of going like to the left which would have taken him away from people he just fucking like plowed through like two <laughs> of the actors and just takes out the table and instantly like all five people on set just completely break and none of them get any of the lines out and so and so his way to defuse it is to literally like back it up so you hear the beep 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 and do the exact same thing <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the sketch just just dies, but it's it's infinitely funnier than whatever they wrote. It's so much funny just to watch him just in the scooter, Dude. just ruining everything. He is so funny, and like I like how he does impressions of of people doing things that are out of their character. Like he'll do like Alan Alda auditioning for like Biff and Back to the Future, um, yeah. shit like that. It's so fucking funny. Anyway, yeah. it's great. Empire Strikes Back number six should be higher or lower. Yeah, but uh, Randy's got a good point. If he didn't see it in the theater, then it's like it's hard for us to make an argument, you know? Right. Yeah. And, uh, just for if I'm putting together my own summer list. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I mean, I can't. I can't argue with any of the next five that I'm going to say. All five of them are incredibly iconic summer movies. One of them has the same problem with me that uh, Empire has. That you know, it was before my time, so I didn't see the summer. Actually, two of them, but one of them. Takes place on a beach, so I, I, I that that's great summer for me. <laughs> a what? <laughs> so number five, Mr. Spielberg appears all over all over the top five. Oh my, actually, wow, he's got he's he almost runs the board for the top five here. Number five, June twelfth, nineteen eighty one, a little film called Rage of the Lost Ark. Randy, the floor is yours. <laughs> I wish I was old enough to have seen this when it first came out in the theaters because I heard it just blew people's minds. Like nobody went into it knowing what to expect. You know, they knew Harrison Ford was the guy from Star Wars, but they had no idea that this was was going to be the thing. And um, yeah, I really, really wish I could have had my first experience with Raiders on the big screen. Um, it would be a few years until I finally saw it, and of course I loved it. And to this day, it is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, but because of the reason that I didn't, and I was too young, I didn't see it in the theaters when it first came out, and I was too young to have done so. Um, it's not going to be in my my personal tops five. No. Have but, you ever oh seen God. it in theaters? Like, has yes. it ever been released where you were able to watch it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was able to. Um, 
that theater that I geeked out about earlier, about it opened up with Last Crusade. At some point in the mid '90s, it was '94 or '95. They did um, a screening of the entire trilogy, and um, all the proceeds went to some sort of um, charity. Um, and they were just doing it as a fundraiser. And I went and saw all three Indiana Jones movies back to back to back in the what I considered the birthplace of Last Crusade, the one that I was so emotionally attached to seeing it on that screen. And I was able to watch all of them. Like it was the first time I see, saw Raiders or Temple of Doom on the big screen. It was just cool. mind blowing for for me. And Raiders is still in the theater basically every weekend at like an AMC. <laughs> every, every, yeah, like every to, Sunday, to this day, yeah. Every Sunday, it it's, it's like on at like the block or Marine Pacific or something like that. Uh, they're yeah. still doing their five dollar legacy screening. So, yeah, it's a pretty good one. So we move from Spielberg to Spielberg, number four, June eleventh, nineteen ninety three. Only, oh, Jurassic Park. Only, yeah, only, only, a little more than four months before I would meet my future wife, Jurassic Park. I nice. uh, I can't say enough about this movie. This is this, this is this is this is definitely top three movies of all time for me. Um, and it was just a magical experience seeing in the theater. I probably saw this movie like two hundred times in the theater. I remember this summer, the movie theater was kind of my babysitter. Like my mom would literally drop me out. She'd I'd, I'd stay home during the day, and she'd come home on her lunch break. We'd go get lunch, and then she'd drop me off at the movie theater for like four hours. And then <laughs> I would see, I would see like Jurassic Park and A League of Their Own, or Jurassic Park twice, or something like that. And then she'd pick me up, and then like the next day I'd do it again. Uh, so Jurassic Park, that's that's my jam. Justin, is it your jam? Or is it your jam? Yeah, I, I remember I saw it with um, with Gene Dean and his dad, and uh, blown away. Loved it. Thirteen-year-old uh, Justin was was convinced that they got uh, not only dinosaurs to cooperate on screen, but they had real dinosaurs in this movie. Fucking loved it. Thought it was so much fun. And I never really had this. Uh, I feel like a lot of kids when they're young, they want to be like an Egyptologist or an archaeologist or a paleontologist or whatever. And I had never really had that vibe growing up. But Jurassic Park made me really get into dinosaurs, and I was. I was way past the age. You know, a lot of kids when they're like five can tell you every goddamn thing about every dinosaur that ever existed. And I was never that kid. But when I saw Jurassic Park, I'm like, I'm buying dinosaur books and I'm, I'm learning everything that I can. And anytime there's something on TV, I'm watching it. And it was because of that movie. And it was, I was sad that I wasn't younger when it came out, but I will forever appreciate how awesome and amazing Jurassic Park is, and that I can pop it in right now and still think it's one of the best you know movies ever made. Hell yeah! How about you, Randy? I have one of my best movie-going experience memories, I think, uh, associated with Jurassic Park. And I was a really awkward age for me when it when it came out. I was 16 years old, but um, I went to go That's see it with my grandfather. Company. It, it is, but this story is going the opposite direction because I went to see it with my grandfather. Oh, okay. And uh, he, uh, months before the movie had come out, he had the novel, the novelized version of it. And it, uh, it was on a white paperback uh, cover, and it said, soon to be soon a major motion picture. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he had already read it and he's like, Oh my God, this is going to, this is going to be a movie coming out soon. You got to check it out. And he gave me the book. He said, if you read the whole book before, uh, before the movie comes out, um, you know, I'll buy your ticket. I'll take you to go see the movie. So, and I don't think I'd ever seen, uh, I'd ever been to a movie theater with my grandfather before. I think that was like the very first time for me. So, um, and I just remember being in love with the book and then the movie was just amazing. And it was like, in, in my 16 year old mind better than the book. It was just so cool. And it was just such a neat thing. And it was such a great experience I got to share with my grandfather. And I think that was the only movie I ever saw with him in a theater. And uh, it's just you such peaked. a fun memory. <laughs> yeah. And of course I saw it a bunch of times afterwards and I, and I absolutely adored the soundtrack. And, you know, it was one of the very first things I, I went and bought after going to see the movie was like, I got to own the soundtrack. Uh, holy shit. What a great, iconic, <laughs> memorable movie. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool, man. All right, so we've had back-to-back Spielbergs, and uh, while he didn't direct number three, he was the main producer and driving force behind 1985's Back to the Future. It's a good one. That's pretty good. Uh, it's, uh, it's not, I mean, I don't... Well, <laughs> yeah, we lost David, and I don't know about him, but I can say that I definitely did have the opportunity to see this when it first came out. I didn't know shit about it. Um, so the same creepy kid down the street um, that that <laughs> pinned me down, and, and yeah, and, and the same kid that was that was pouring the Dr Pepper down my throat, um, probably that same summer. Um, he is his family that there's like, there's this movie. We got to go see it. I didn't know anything about it, but we, we all got into the back of the, the pickup truck, you know, with no seatbelts or anything. And we drove to the movie theater with like five kids in the back of a pickup. And we came back. And I, after watching that, I, I instantly wanted to learn how to ride a skateboard and I instantly loved Huey Lewis in the news. Um, and I just, I wanted to be Michael J. Fox. Holy shit. Like when, when seven year old me, or I guess I was eight year old me saw back to the future when it first came out, I lost my shit and I just fell in love with it. And I, and I was very closely following um, when part two and part three were coming out and everything. I was so into it, but that was probably one of my first great summer movie experiences, 1985. Uh, because Holy hell, I, I just was so enamored with that movie. Yeah. It's pretty great. It is yeah. great. Love it doesn't suck. <laughs> so funny, and I, I swear, man, I can watch Back to the Future and Back. I can watch all three. I, three has grown on me. I know I quote that one a lot, but it's my least favorite of the three. But I do quote it quite heavily. And uh, now that they popped up on streaming services, I fucking watch them pretty regularly. I, I just love them. They're so good, and I, I still, still see shit that I never noticed before. I would say I like three more than two because I feel like two. It's just always on it, but I feel like I never saw three, and uh, so yeah, I, I love three. You cut out. You were saying that two was like on TV all the time. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, two was always on like cable. Like I remember oh. growing up, like two was always on, and so three was never on. So I uh, wanted to watch three when it came out. Yeah. Did either of you guys see part one in the theater when it first came out? Mm-mm. I saw two and three in the theater, but not not part one. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I want to say yes, because like I said, my parents, they were pretty avid moviegoers, and it was definitely a movie that they would have seen the movies, uh, but I don't know for a fact if I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Upon release. I've seen it several times in the theater since, though. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So that one, uh, spoiler alert, is since I did see and I did get to experience it, I'm going to count that as one of my top five. So, yeah, that's a good one. That's one yeah. of your favorites. Oh, yeah. I mean, just non-summer all-time favorite movies. <laughs> it really is because, like, the first one, it's the fir- it's the perfect fucking movie. It's the perfect screenplay. You cannot poke holes in that movie. Yeah, I mean, no, no one ever says anything bad. I, th- I would say Back to the Future and George Clooney's Ocean's Eleven, like, are just two movies that, like, nobody has a bad thing to say about it, and they're just these amazingly perfect movies. Yeah. Starship Troopers and... <laughs> I don't know. I think Starship Troopers is amazing, but uh, it might not be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, you keep your tea. I'll drink it. <laughs> well, number two on the list, uh, it's uh, it's four in a row for Mr. Steven Spielberg. He directed a little movie that terrified a small, uh, small Mr. Edmondson to never want to go into the water. And although I did not see this in the theaters because it came out in 1975 before I was born, I don't know if it, it's probably the setting, the beach setting. It cements Jaws to me as as an all-time summer movie. And even though I didn't see this in the movie theater when it came out, I've seen the movie theater since. I would count Jaws as one of the five, one of my five greatest summer movies. Mm-hmm. Justin, yeah. you don't like this movie at all, right? It is. <laughs> it is my favorite movie of all time, and I am sad that I didn't get to see it in the theater. Uh, I never have seen it in the theater. Um, I, I would never in a million years go sit on a little floaty device in the ocean and watch it in, in, in the summer environment. I could never do that in a million years. That is that is really pushing your luck. <laughs> I'm knocking on the death door, and I, I could never do that. <laughs> that would be such an amazing way to watch it. I can't do it. <laughs> so yeah, so 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 I did. I I made it about four minutes into Jaws. <laughs> And my goal was I was not going to be the first fucker out of the water. But as soon as, like, one person got out, like, 30 people got out. Like, every, no one wanted to be the first. But, like, that whole opening scene where, where the girls in the water, you saw everyone because you were on, like, inner tubes. Every single fucking person put their feet up on the inner tubes. And, stuff. Yeah. and my, I was just like, as soon as someone leaves, I'm leaving. As soon as someone leaves, I'm leaving. And so I got to the point where I'm like, fuck, I'm going to be the first one to leave. And luckily... Right as I was about to pull the trigger, someone else got out. So I'm like, oh, well, let me guess if they're getting out. I'll get out. Too. Yeah. I better go check on them, make sure they're okay. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, yeah. then other people got out. Yeah. No, man. I, I, I was a kid. I was living in San Diego at the time. I remember I was taking a, we just got back from the beach. I was taking a bath. My mom was like, hey, Jaws on TV. We're going to watch it. I was like, oh my God, Jaws, that's awesome. I didn't even know what it was. And then I go and I sit down, get to, get to the Kipner boy getting eaten. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> you realize I'm the same age as this kid and he just got eaten. We go to the beach every weekend. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> You're the worst parents ever. And uh, I, I just love it. I love being scared in movies. And there's only a handful of movies that have really, really just shook me to my core. And and Jaws, like you, uh, you know, gave me a legitimate fear of the ocean. I can I can watch shark stuff all day long and love it, but when I'm faced with the mighty Pacific, I will get into about my waist, and I am still to this day a nervous wreck. I'm like, fuck, I'm just I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Pass. So I never saw it on the big screen, um, and in fact, I never saw the movie until I was already an adult. Um, wow. Yeah. So. <clears throat> my my introduction to Jaws wasn't until I was probably in my early twenties, 
and uh, I love just, it. It's just when I had seen four Jaws movies by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love the Jaws movies, dude. I but. definitely enjoy it, but uh, but to me, it just doesn't have that special summer summer place in my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I usually watch it around my birthday every year, just because it's summertime. Um, and now that's streaming, it's pretty uh, accessible. I mean, I own it, but there's something about just turning on your TV and just being able to select it and watch it. And uh, I, I think I've seen one and three the most, and then probably four, and then two the least. Two is actually kind of like a horror movie, man. It's two is intense, and I don't think it's really enjoyable. It's more of just like a slaughter fest. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not down with two as much. You know, all just all the kids like, let's put all our little shitty craft together. <laughs> yeah, together. I don't. Know. <laughs> we'll float it's, to this other island. It's very, it's very like 70s, 80s horror. You know, like to substitute the ocean and the shark for a, a killer in the woods. You know, it's it's very much a horror movie. It's it's crazy. And the way it dies is pretty stupid too. Yeah, like it's mo- like it's mo- like it's momentum wouldn't just take him through Roy Schneider. <laughs> Right. Stop. But I mean, yeah. I mean, but what? What? I guess why are we complaining? First one, he blows up an oxygen tank. Uh, the third one, a, a dead guy with a grenade in his hand, and uh, the fourth one, they they ran the fucking ship into him. Yeah, I think it would be funny if in the first Jaws, when he shoots the can, if the shark just goes flying all over <laughs> above <laughs> the surface like a like a balloon that, that lost its its air and just. Making that noise, like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a very Acme Wiley Coyote sort of death. <laughs> I would have been on board for that. Yeah, anyway. I would have too. And number one, uh, while uh, none of us were old enough to see Star Wars: A New Hope in the movie theaters, uh, it uh, we all grew up hearing tales of Star Wars changing the way that movies did business. You know, Jaws did $100 million, and it was a revolutionary success at the box office, created the term blockbuster, and then Star Wars came and just just shat all over it and said, oh, that's cute, Jaws, hold my lightsaber, uh, and became the cultural phenomenon that it is today. It started it all. Uh, Star Wars New Hope is a great film. Randy, you love Star Wars, right? You've heard of it? Uh, I do. A uh, great little indie film uh, out there. I recommend it to everybody. Um, no, I, I think it's fantastic, but I, I didn't see it on the big screen until like 1994. Uh, and again, it was a similar screening to the one I mentioned about Indiana Jones. They were doing the original trilogy, um, which I guess was all that existed really at that time, but they were doing the trilogy screening for, for charity. And that was my first time seeing uh, Star Wars and Empire on the big screen. I had only seen Jedi when it first came out. Uh, so yeah, for, for me, my first viewing of star Wars was probably 81, 82. And it was off of HBO, like pirated HBO that we were getting with our giant ass satellite dish from my backyard. And it started like we, we missed the beginning of the movie and the, the recording that I had on this VHS tape from HBO was, um, it started like with, with Vader entering the, uh, the blockade runner. Like there was the shootout between the, the rebel fleet troopers and the stormtroopers. So that's where I thought the movie started. So. Like, what a weird start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the whole opening crawl, didn't see it, you know, um, the whole thing with the star destroyer and blockade runner, like Luke, you know, there's so much stuff that I just missed at the beginning of the movie. All right. Justin, would you, uh, would you consider this a summer movie and would you consider it, the greatest summer movie. 
I mean, if I saw it in a theater, I'd probably consider it was the greatest. But I mean, I'm more of a T2 Jurassic Park greatest summer movie. Probably Independence Day would probably be on there too. Um, just in the, the the vein of the the popcorn flick. But I did get to see this the special or whatever the special editions in '97. I think is when yeah. they were making all those. So Twenty years later, I guess. Um, and that was really special for me. I, I really enjoyed that. I know that I was trying to get adults excited for it. And they're like, dude, I already fucking saw it. <laughs> they like, weren't interested. Kids were. Like, all the high school kids were like, fuck yeah, dude, Star Wars is awesome. But uh, I it, I could not drag my parents to go see it. They're like, nah, I've seen it. I'm good. I'm like, you you know what's the, the biggest shock to me seeing it in the theater? Because I'd only ever seen it four by three on TV. I never saw it once. Scan. Yeah, yeah. So it's like when when Darth Vader is choking out the that rebel officer uh, at the beginning of A New Hope, and you know I always just saw Vader just choking out a guy, but on widescreen, all of a sudden he's flanked with all these stormtroopers, and I'm like, I feel like there's a whole world I've been missing all this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I gotta get letterbox and put black bars on top of my television. And Holy the same shit. when they're when the stormtroopers are on uh, Tatooine and you see like those dewback lizards or whatever in the background, you're like, what the yeah. fuck is that? What are those things? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's funny. Um, my first dive into the whole widescreen versus full screen was a, a still of Jaws, and it was the shark along the side of the boat kind of thing. And when you see it on TV, you just you know you see I have an actor and he's on a boat, you can barely see anything. But then when you see it on the, what the still is supposed to look like. And you see the whole ship and the shark in the, the background. I was like, whoa, we're getting cheated <laughs> every single day of our lives. Mm-hmm. It's like still, when you wake 40%. up in the Matrix. Yeah, you're just, what? This whole other world exists. This is nuts. Yeah, I remember yeah. The, the ads for uh, the special editions where it was like a little TV screen in like the middle of the screen. It's like, And it was like tinny, crappy audience like for generations. An entire generation of filmgoers have only experienced Star Wars like this. And all of a sudden, this giant fucking X-Wing comes out of nowhere and blows up the TV screen. And music gets super loud. And the voices get super loud. And it's like, this uh, witness George Lucas's classic Star Wars front saga in the theaters for the first time since blah, blah, blah. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. that was the best way to advertise it. Because that's all we ever saw as kids, you know, like, of this age. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And that was the first time my uh, my wife had seen star wars like i took her and i made her so it was you know it was january february march was the three films and uh yeah i remember taking her to see him so i'm all in the cynodome because they had like special popcorn tins and stuff like that that i still have and uh it was very very it was a very very special moment for uh a 20 what what was i 19 year old david edmondson yeah i guess i was 18 the only the only popcorn thing I still have is my Escape from L.A. popcorn bag <laughs> because Kurt Russell, you know. Yeah. My That's a pretty good reason to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so All stupid. Right, so now, it's, in, it's in my bedroom. I love it. It's so funny. So cool. now the moment of truth. I, I don't know if you guys were keeping track and at home. Uh, if you can give me, don't have to be in any particular order, your five favorite summer movies, and they don't have to even be on this list. Do you guys have it? Do you guys need a minute, or you need a refresher uh, on the list? I could probably give it to you. All right. Let's yeah, I, I've been writing mine down as we went. Okay. Sure. You want to go first, Randy? Sure. Yeah, uh, and I'll do mine in no particular order. Um, and I and I do have an honorable mention, and they were pretty much all on this list. So, um, Last Crusade, Batman '89, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, T2. And my my uh, honorable mention is Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, because, one. oh my god, that one that one got me. And that's also the only one of the 2000s. That's the only one that, that from the last 20 years that's on my list. <laughs> everything else, everything else was from like, yeah, from these formative ages of between 1985 and 1991, I think. Mm-hmm. Or 1993 for Jurassic Park, yeah. So that eight-year period from 85 to 93, that's, that's my sweet spot. Nice. What about you, Justin? Sure. Uh, in no particular order. Uh, well, I mean, I would say Terminator 2 is probably number one. Uh, Jurassic Park would be number two. And then just kind of on the list would be 89 Batman. Um, I would say um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. What is that, four? Mm-hmm. And sure. then um, Fury Road would probably be five. Ooh, good choice. Yeah. I would have to say, in order from five to one, I'm going to put, I'm going to go, let's see, <laughs> I'm going to go Jaws, then I'm going to go T2, then I'm going to, I had them written down somewhere, Jaws, T2, um, Jurassic Park, or sorry, Last Crusade, Jurassic Park, and E.T. E.T. was the first film I ever saw in the movie theater. And it, uh, its effect has stayed with me all of these years and has made I've continued to be a movie lover. And it all started when my parents took a four-year-old me to see E.T., the extraterrestrial. Nice. Uh, yeah, I could probably substitute uh, Independence Day for Fury Road. Just depends on the time of day <laughs> and my attitude. But um, I went with Randy and I did the ones that I actually saw in the theater. Um Jaws would probably be like my number one if if I could count it, but I can't, so I won't. Jaws was my only cheat. Yeah, but I have but, seen it in the theaters. Yeah, <laughs> I need to. I think that'd be awesome. I'm well, sure cool. It's playing somewhere every Sunday. Man, I should go check it out. I just watched it. I literally just watched it that day. <laughs> it's so good, though. Oh my god! And I got a Quint. Uh, Felix got me a Quint figure from from NECA um, for my birthday. And it's awesome. He comes with all these cool effects and, and accessories and love it. Nice. Yeah, very excited. All right. Well, um, hopefully you enjoyed that amazing list. It was a little all over the place, to be honest with you. But uh, I would love to hear your top five. Uh, feel free to tweet at Geek Legacy and let us know what your top five summer blockbuster movies are of all time. Uh, whether you saw them in a the theater or you would just rank them that way. Either way. I'm cool with it. Um, Again, this was episode 354 if you're keeping score. And um, remember to check out the other podcasts that we have. Of course, there is the Don't Be Crazy podcast. And uh, we're going to deep dive into the Godfather trilogy. And and it's a lot of fun. Uh, We changed our format just a bit for these movies because they are so goddang long. So be sure to check those out. The first one will be available on Monday the... What is that? 12th? Maybe the 12th. Yeah. be available on Monday the 12th. So be sure to check that out. We also have the Pixelated Podcast hosted by Stephen K. James talking about video games. It's a lot of fun. That usually comes out on Sundays. Um, in the meantime, you keep rocking and rolling. Be sure to tune in to the Escape Pod, which is a lot of fun. We are watching all of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation in order. And it has been a journey, to say the least. I think we are on episode 18. Uh, we're about to record episode 18. And we're at nine yays and eight nays. Uh, so good luck with that it's been fun Uh, you keep rock and rolling and we will talk to you later thank you so much